0: Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And today we're going to be talking about Pack with Amy Shaw, CEO and co-founder of Pack, And so uh, it was a few weeks back that I got the opportunity to meet Amy on a live show that we were doing for Thrive and EDU with our good friend, Rochelle Poth, and getting an opportunity there to learn a little bit more about Pack, I want to invite Amy onto the pod today so that uh, this audience could listen into the great work that's going on in that space. And so Amy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm looking
0: forward to getting a chance to to share this out because I really appreciated the heart behind this work. And I had not heard a ton about Pack before, and so I'm really excited to amplify the message that I was able to learn about as part of that Thriving EDU show. So, Amy, for those that maybe are not familiar with you and your work, can you kind of give us a little backstory of your time in education?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I actually didn't start initially in education. I was in kind of the corporate sector and I I got kind of restless. (laughs) I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not making an impact. And it was interesting, actually, in university, I'd started this student organization that was all about helping young students kind of find their path and uh, learn about different areas in, in the program, but also underlying all of the kind of curriculum that we had designed. It was all about social Emotional learning it was like building their confidence and teamwork skills. And uh, you know, it was, it was really interesting, like how that was a, a theme then. And I remember really loving that experience. And when I was in this corporate job, I was just not upset, but just like disappointed of where I was. And so I actually took a leave and I went to go teach in the classroom with K to four students. And Really loved the experience and wanted to really combine my experience in business, but also in education and like think about how I can actually scale impact. So that was kind of like the the starting and the roots of it and, and having that experience in the classroom. I then did like a master's. I came back and it was on my line of sight, I actually wrote it in my journal like years ago. I remember before I even started Pika Pack, I said, I'm going to start an education organization (laughs) that has impact and all these, you know, very specific goals. And I had no clue how I was going to get there. And a few years later, fast forward, I was reconnecting with my best friend who also was having this dilemma about, you know, what are we doing with our lives? Why don't we do something more impactful? And her lifelong dream was to write stories like children's stories. And she had written a number, she's won awards and she's like, why not dedicate time towards this? And so she actually wrote her first book and it was really, um, inspiring for us all about these two kids who find this little box and it was a metaphor for their imagination and as they use their imagination or use that box it grew bigger and bigger and it was interesting you know just that idea that like you know as you dig deeper into that that world of creativity and imagination you get more and more immersed and at the end of the story there's a little note to like parents almost it's like the, the mom finds it and she's busy cleaning up the yard but she doesn't see it as a big box she sees it as a tiny little box and she kind of tosses it away not realizing what it was and it goes to the next child basically but kind of that reminder that we should indulge in imagination and creativity that we should of course as children we should encourage that but even as adults we should encourage that as well and so I think it was really a good impetus for us to say yeah why don't we indulge ourselves in some imagination and creativity and and start this company and so we we didn't really know what our path would take. But we had some key values around literacy that we wanted to embed these like strong values, which at the time, I'll be honest, I don't think we, you know, this was like a while ago, this was like 2012. I don't think we fully understood the social emotional learning, but we we kind of inherently did it. And so we would, you know, embed these values in there and then we we also we had this whole idea of like you know how do we engage students and learners so that they they want to come back over and over again and so there were some early principles i think that really attracted like a team of educators who advised us and worked with us And we really respected their work. We got research dollars even. And uh, it kind of led us on this path where we started building prototypes, building a version one, working with students and families. Um, And originally it was actually a family product. And then eventually we went to Imagine K-12 in Silicon Valley and we learned all about ed tech. So we uh, really became truly an ed tech company years later and started building out what we have today uh, as a social emotional learning platform. That's where we connected to a lot of experts in that field. And we kind of dug deeper in that space for like, how do we elevate these values that it becomes the core part of our program. So using literature to explore the kind of emotional journey that the character goes through. So one of my favorite lines, I think I was telling you before, it was from our self-regulation book. And it's like the first day of school and there's all these emotions, right? So your palms are sweaty, your heart beats fast and, you know, Leo's feeling nervous and that's like a relatable emotion. And so I think, you know, a testament to my co-founder uh, writing these great books, but also working with these researchers to say, okay, how do we not only tell an engaging narrative, but how do we layer in emotions into the illustrations? How do we use vocabulary that we start introducing it to students? And then also, how do we build off of the story that we have like a scope and sequence in literature that we can do this? And so the program has evolved over time. We now have like interactive games. We have family engagement. We have lots of things, but uh, it's been kind of a, a journey definitely since those early days.
0: Gosh, it's so fascinating to just consider how much time, effort, energy, work, and the evolution of that over time to arrive at the product that you all have now, right? And the experience that learners are able to be immersed in when they uh, engage with Peter Pack. And so uh, I'm going to back up a little bit with all this and uh, ask kind of the, some of those like foundational steps along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. I know when we talk about SEL, as you said, I think that the concept of social emotional learning is certainly one that educators maybe were innately sensitive to, like throughout time, but uh, to really get more pointed with that and to be able to, in in the capacity that you all are doing, intentionally build narratives around different aspects. I know we've talked before about CASEL and some of that work. And so can you maybe frame SEL as a topic a little bit more and what that means uh, in your work as far as some of those skills that you're really trying to embed uh, and foster as a result of these narrative experiences?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think social emotional learning has been around for 20, 30, 40 years, actually, and it's not something new, but I think it's become top of mind and has become kind of a top priority for schools. So I think definitely the pandemic has increased that awareness, but I think that comes with a lot of investment of time and effort and, and also just resources towards really doing this effectively. And as you mentioned, CASEL is an organization that's the research body thought leader around what is social emotional learning. So you can go to CASEL.org and their definition is around the idea that not only children, but also adults, this is kind of a a process that you learn uh, these skills to be able to do things like build self-awareness, be able to self-manage, how do you make effective decisions, how do you work with others and How do you also build empathy? So how do you see other people's perspectives and be able to be empathetic? and this is something that you know you're continually learning throughout school so you'll see it predominantly often in like pre-k curriculum it's actually it's you know whereas when we get to like grade school it's kind of like a nice to have and pre-k it's actually fundamental you need to learn to be able to work with others you need to be able to self-regulate right but the research is showing that you know if we can continue students being able to level up being able to deal with more stressful situations to be able to uh, make better decisions understand and perspectives, they'll be able to be more effective in school. They'll be able to have better grades. They'll work with others better. They'll have better relationships. They'll have you a know, better time, not only in academics, but also in their uh, life kind of relationships and, and goals, but also in their careers. And so there's been definitely like a movement towards uh, investing in social emotional learning and Pack really follows along this Castle framework, but we chose to use terminology also that was really familiar for educators but also families since our program actually touches both teachers and families. So that's kind of a, a quick overview of social emotional learning. I think it's exciting now that it's becoming kind of a, a common thing that you'll see maybe daily or weekly in most programs. And I think there's tons of great resources out there, but there's also great structured programs that help kind of guide the teacher and um, the student throughout learning.
0: Well, and I think one of the challenges that comes with that work is, and I, and I love, as you said, Castle is really a place to go get the body of research, to get the terminology, to get some of the to help educators or just anyone get their mind around this as a topic But then as you noted there, let's take empathy as an example. Fostering empathy in an adolescent is not always the easiest thing. And so how do you go about that process? Is it more so focusing in on terminology? Uh, Is it the the situational aspect of the literature? Yeah, uh, help us kind of think through, uh, because it really is a challenge to 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 be able to (laughs) take these social emotional skills and really have those become embedded and not just something that the student sees and forgets about.
1: For sure. No, it's not like math where it's cut and dry, like black and black. Right. Uh, you get the right answer. You're not. But our team at least took an approach that we have a variety of different ways that we wanted to engage learners. And we know that not all learners learn the same way, those concepts. So definitely the literature is kind of a foundation. It's like a, a narrative that's memorable that kind of helps Get that aha moment of why we need to be empathetic, or you know, be able to see a different perspective and have a discussion. And it's not just meant to be a book on its own. It's really meant to be kind of that starting point and that conversation starter within the classroom about why are we even talking about this topic? <laughs> like, what is empathy? How does this uh, come to life? You know, how does that relate to your own life? The other component that we have is the scope and sequence. And so we don't expect that, you know, if you just learn the terminology and you learn this narrative, you got it. You have to actually actively participate and and do activities that will help you internalize these skills. And so we go through scope and sequence where we introduce that topic. We then go to how do we demonstrate this skill? So what are different ways that we'd actually be empathetic? And then lastly, we um, have a number of activities that help internalize These are, again, guidance to the teacher, how they can bring this to life in their classroom, their slides and all that kind of stuff. But really, it's in person or virtual (laughs) either way. But it's really facilitated by the teacher. It's like, how do we have a conversation and how do we kind of learn this skill together as a class? And so we really want to go from introducing this concept to eventually having them really practice that skill at the end of the day. And so that's how all our topics are structured so that the teacher is kind of guided um, to help that student really get to that final phase the process.
0: Wow. And so when you started off, I would imagine that you're probably focused on like a key text, a central text or narrative, and then running that scope and sequence across that. But over time, this has evolved into almost like a world, right? With yeah. things that, are, that are continually. So can you kind of speak to maybe the user's experience as they get into PikaPak from that sense, I guess, of just like how it is sort of evolved and scaled up?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And actually, it was part of the early days, like, when my co-founder and I, so just for some context, my co-founder and I are, like, childhood best friends. Like, we knew each other since we were nine. We were dreamers. Like, we were, I mean, we were thinking about Pika pack before we quit our jobs or started anything for, like, probably a year, just, like, chatting on the phone, doing these web calls, that kind of stuff and i think part of what we were really excited about was this idea of using narratives and these characters that students can really connect with and learn from and so even before we had a curriculum we had characters actually we started getting really excited about how do we really you know develop something that we think would be really engaging for young learners and so we first started off with a couple and, and then we expanded to a whole class. So we want to we'll be able to show the diversity that we see more and more in our classrooms, not just in like cultural diversity, but also in terms of interests and talents. So we have someone into robotics versus someone maybe into fashion or arts. We also have, you know, we want to challenge some of the gender story types that we see. So uh, young girls often are not portrayed in STEM roles. And so that's something that we really wanted to make a, a statement around. And that world is actually, that those characters are part of a world called Peekaville. And it's kind of the backdrop of all the story. So all the characters live in this world where they go to school together, they go to the bakery, and they, you know, visit uh, different kind of local places. And originally the stories, like, you know, we knew that that world existed. And so we kind of had this internal map of how that would all come together. And, you know, the backdrops of each book kind of had all the art of the, the different characters. And then eventually we said, okay, if we were gonna to bring to life a student experience, what would that look like? And, and you know, what would be that peak of hack experience? And uh, especially in the elementary experience, we said, you know, why don't we take all this art and build the map and allow students to be p- part of this world, build their own peek character, you know, help our characters overcome different social-emotional learning challenges. And so alongside the curriculum, they, you know, they see the characters and the stories and the characters are part of the different, you know, maybe scenarios or exercises. There is also this interactive component where they get to kind of see themselves in this world and they get to help our characters they get to answer different comprehension questions and so we're able to gauge better how students are doing what's interesting is that as we use game theory uh, like we can help you know build perspective so there's that empathy building we also were able to build this like emotions check-in tool so imagine you have your avatar you build it you pick your skin tone your eye type all that kind of stuff hairstyle and then you see your avatar with different emotions and you're able to kind of learn about those different emotions and then practice a self check-in. And so that's something that we're able to do with students. And then that data is able to be shared with the teacher so they can get a sense of how their students are feeling that week. So it's kind of a nice way to gamify that learning experience and make it really uh, engaging but approachable for those young learners, but then also give that content in a, a way that teachers can deliver.
0: And I love that there's a intentional effort to teach students not only the language but to self-assess on a regular basis how they're feeling and then how slick the the teacher then has access to that to kind of keep tabs sometimes when there are I mean we all have students who don't voice how they're feeling or might present uh, as you know being perfectly fine and happy but something might be really bothering them and so who knows if that's an avenue through which to get a window into that really authentic emotions that they're experiencing at a given time and so so a student would create an avatar and could go through this Peakaville world autonomously and experience the different scenarios that that provides there and you said this goes along with the content and so there's also uh, offline pieces as well. Correct?
1: Yep. So like in terms of like how a teacher would use Pika Pack, um, they would start off with that story. So it's like this whole beautifully illustrated book. We have four different reading levels of those books. So say you have some students who you want to do a small group with, you know, different reading level, higher or lower, you could do so. Uh, the books are also in Spanish because we know that's important as well. And then once they have that book and they have that conversation, that discussion around, you know, the CL topic, they'll go into, we have eight lessons. And so those eight lessons are, again, part of that scope and sequence I mentioned. So kind of introducing to eventually internalizing, and those are all usually hands-on, but we have modified them for remote. But mostly we do encourage, hopefully, you know, we'll go back all in in class and we'll get to do um, more of the hands-on kind of activities. And they're meant to like encourage teamwork, to encourage communication skills, creativity, but also they align to actually the ELA state standards and they're also supporting the SEL. And then in between those, what we encourage is that students can actually go and independently explore that topic on MyPeakaville. So teachers actually have the ability to unlock and lock content. So as they're pacing the content throughout the year, they can say, okay, today we're gonna do self-regulation. Why don't you go meet Leo the Hedgehog on on Peekaville? He's waiting there for you. (laughs) He needs your help. Uh, And then there's also kind of mini games where they can explore and also do comprehension questions around the different topics. It is all gamified. So it's really exciting for them to get their berries. So our our point kind of system in that world is berries and they can always use that to redeem uh, fun things for their avatar, (laughs) of course. So that's kind of like the structure. The only other thing I'll mention is that we do have a home component. So each of our lessons, once the teacher is finished, they can send an update. So we pre-write a summary of what the teacher is taught and we give an activity for our families to do at home. So the idea is that, you know, what we're doing in the classroom can help mirror um, some activity at home as well.
0: Yeah, and support those conversations between children and their parents or guardians in that space. Because, yeah, it's, it's it makes it all the richer when those messages are being, yeah, as you said, reinforced throughout their day, regardless of where they're at. Uh, and so what feedback have you gotten from learners, from parents, from teachers uh, who have the opportunity to explore Pecopact?
1: Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, I think it's probably the most rewarding part of the job for me. Um, We just hired someone to join me on. So one of the big roles in our organization is working with our school partners to make sure that that they're successful in their implementation. So uh, be a training, uh, support throughout the year. And it's like the best time for us to like check in and say, we'd love to hear any stories or see pictures or videos. And we always hear a new story. Like we always hear, it's funny, like with a digital platform, you do see interactions and usage but you don't always hear the stories. And so I love hearing the stories about how students are excited about how they turn to Peekaputville, even to like, you know, have that moment and do that check-in. So I remember in Long Branch, New Jersey, a librarian, actually, she was saying how a student came by and she knew that she could access, you know, she's like, can I have, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 minutes of, Picaville time, because I just want to do a mindfulness check in, take a moment and, um, you know, interact with the characters. And that's going to help me calm myself down. And the fact that she even recognized that she needed to calm herself down, and this was an effective way for her to do so, I think is like a great testament to it. I think the other thing that we constantly hear, and I think it reinforces our, again, love for literacy and books as a key kind of part of our program is that students are so excited about the books. Like I remember early on testing the game out and we were with a a school kind of coming in and it was just like the first three units were available for them. And so they were eagerly awaiting more content. And so we said, okay, today we're going to be releasing more content to you. And so I was like, you know, what are you most excited about? And l- numerous hands went up and they all were like, can we read the next book? We want to read the next book. <laughs> and I was like, what about the games? So they're like, the games are great too, but we want to see what, you know, next adventure the characters are going to go on and what they're going to do. And, I, and so I think that's fantastic to hear that students are excited about reading more and, and, and engaging with the characters. And so that's something that really is really positive for us as well.
0: Gosh, I really love that vision because, and I think it's mirrored really even in the multi-million dollar movie efforts like of the times right now where it's not enough to just release a blockbuster, a story, but more so how do we create a universe and how do we have things that are both online and offline and how do we build intrigue across multiple platforms. And so uh, to have that experience be something that's embedded in an educational setting is something that I think is really commendable because I think learners get into that, right? It, as you said there, it's about finding out what happens next to these characters and not just the, not that there's anything wrong with the single standalone story, but that's what makes it immersive is, is that continuation mm-hmm. and being able to follow the character from the page to the screen and alongside your avatar in, in that space and, and to talk about it with your parents at home, right? <laughs> and so that's really where that immersive element comes into play. And that's so incredible that you all have built this out with that vision.
1: Thank you. It, it was interesting. So we recently started offering family well-being workshops. So it's very family oriented. So it's after school teachers are like, you know, do come as well. But we invite kids and their parents to join. And we have a number of like facilitated activities. And part of it was like introducing the parents to Pika Pack as well. And so we'll ask, you know, students, you know, who's your favorite character and please share in the chat. And they're like, the chat just blew up (laughs) and they had so many stories and, you know, reinforces the parents as well that the school is investing in something that really engages with them. But I remember like we raffled like a couple of print books out and it was like such a like exciting thing for all the students to even get print book options. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't think that that would be such a great raffle prize, but they were so excited to get their own books to like take home and be able to read on their own. So I thought that was uh, really cute to see um, with the kids and how engaged they were.
0: Gosh, that's terrific. And how needed uh, that level of excitement about education, just with everything that's gone on over the course of the last 18 months or so. Have there been stories or have you seen a shift in terms of, I mean, we all need social emotional learning strategies and, and well-being strategies at any time. But I mean, particularly given the context of our present moment. Yeah. What's the feedback been about the SEL work that you all are doing to meet the needs of now?
1: Oh, it's definitely resonated with our partners and our new partners, just because I I think like you said, like it's needed even more urgently than ever. And students are coming back. They're feeling nervous. They're learning to kind of deal with all these different emotions. They're having to be social again and get over some of the anxiety that they may experience with COVID being still around. So we actually created a whole series of pandemic lessons. So one was just like, you know, when the pandemic hit to, you know, making sense of everything in our new reality and things like making your own special, comfortable space uh, to work from or uh, showing empathy or, or even like uh, showing gratitude to our frontline workers. And so those lessons are free on kahoot actually, you just have to search for Pika Pack. And then within our curriculum, we actually created a whole special unit on returning to school during a pandemic and wearing our masks and social distancing and whatnot. And so I think that's really resonated with our educators to be able to have some guidance about how to have these conversations and how to tackle some of these topics that at the start of the year might be good to like set expectations and be able to allow students to kind of voice their concerns and have a safe space to talk about what they're experiencing. That's definitely, I think, resonated. We know that a lot of folks, uh, you know, you see our characters with a little mask on and having to social distance is really cute. And uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of folks also appreciate topics like self-regulation in our units, like one of our first topics. Uh, but more than ever, you know, students just need to learn how to recognize how they're feeling to kind of internalize that and then be able to self-manage. How do you practice different strategies that will help you cope and uh, allow you to deal with the stress that we're feeling and and not just them, but like their families, you know, you know, parents are also feeling a lot of stress from work or from the pandemic in general. And so making everyone aware about how we can become more cognizant of that and, and how we can manage through it.
0: A way to practice what you preach as far as being empathetic for the learners in these scenarios and, and responsive to the moment, right? To create scenarios that do feel familiar and help them navigate the present hardships and, and not only some that might just be a little bit more general or broad. So that's uh, I'm really excited to hear that that's a focus that you all have. What am I not asking, I guess, that uh, you'd like to sort of highlight about the work that you're doing? And maybe it's something that's upcoming.
1: Yeah, I would love to chat about quickly. Um, So we are launching a new middle school product. It will not feature our characters, unfortunately, but (laughs) I think they'll kind of outgrow the students at that point. But uh, it will be actually still story centric. So if you've ever read Humans of New York, it's kind of a series of stories that really helped build empathy and perspective. We're inspired by that kind of approach and really we wanna tell human interest stories that help students learn from others. So, real life stories of people reflecting on their middle school or high school experiences. So, it could be things like overcoming adversity, being bullied. Uh, I guess this is the same thing, but like, can be different adversities. All, the, all the kind of basically castle competencies. Uh, we'd have stories around that, and those will act as an anchor, kind of like our, our fictional stories do in our elementary product. But we'd also, again, have a scope and sequence activities for teachers, and they would be really focused around how do we help students internalize these skills and practice these skills. And so part of the program is also these challenges. So one thing is to learn, you know, what is empathy or what is to your point, like, you know, learning the kind of vocabulary is one thing, another thing is to actually go practice it. And so we have a series of challenges where students have to actually practice what they're learning and, and then report back to, to their teacher about what they've learned and how that comes to life and what they've, you know, learned from the experience. So we're really excited. That's going to launch this fall. And we are looking for educators who would love to be beta testers that they are interested. They can always email us at hello at com. as well as we're always looking for folks who have interesting stories. So I say, you know, to you, Andrew, or others. (laughs) Um, If you have an interesting story that you think would uh, help guide student learning around these social-emotional learning skills, please again, reach out to us at hello.pecapac.com. We have a team of storytellers who will interview you and we'd love to feature your story to inspire our database of uh, students. And so uh, that's that's coming up next. And our goal is to eventually get to um, high school with that kind of format of these human interest stories in our curriculum so that we can engage them in a meaningful way.
0: Wow. And that feels like something that you could certainly uh, embed within your ELA curriculum, maybe social studies. You could. Uh, I'm thinking at the middle school level, if you have a homeroom where there's some opportunities to kind of have some activities and some choice during that time, that uh, that's terrific. And i I'd be really excited to read some of those stories myself, actually. And so encouraging others to participate in that would be really fun. Um, yeah, so help us, I guess, as you kind of mentioned some of your uh, places that folks can reach out, uh, where can they find more about Piggyback?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so our website's probably the best place. It's at com. but you can always reach out to us on Twitter at pack, or on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or LinkedIn. Um, you can always reach out to me. I'm on Twitter as well at Amy Shaw, A-M-I-S-H-A-H-D-O-T-C-A. Um, I'd love to connect with people and hear your thoughts on what we're doing or Uh, If you want to participate in some of that middle school research or beta testing, we always love feedback and uh, you can always email us at hello at PicaPAC.com. And um, yeah, again, that's probably the best way. And we're always happy to share more information about the program or the research or anything that we're up to.
0: Well, I want to say thanks for taking a little bit of time to share out about Pika today because I was really uh, impressed when I got a chance to learn more from you a few weeks ago, uh, and was excited uh, for the opportunity to yeah showcase. You could pack here on the pod uh, and encourage others to just yeah press into that because the SEL work is so important. Uh, like I said, I have a big heart for literacy. And uh, yeah, I know even with my own kiddos, when we're watching movies, they get really frustrated because I'm always, hey, you know, picking up on this lesson, or did you hear what that character said? <laughs> and uh, I do think there is something powerful about really holding up a, a narrative and gleaning what you can from that experience in a way that hopefully can impact how you frame and perceive the things that you go through in your day-to-day life yourself. So Mm -hmm. I hear that so loud and clear in the heart that you have for this work that I'm excited uh, to have you share out and sure that will resonate with our audience today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me today and letting me share my story with your audience. So I really appreciate it. (laughs)